And welcome to Hidden Headlines, Faith, Family, Freedom. I'm Brian Sussman. Thank you for joining me. More on me at briansussman.com and on Instagram at Show. And just as an aside, before I get into today's topic, the Brian Sussman Show Instagram feed has daily doses of inspiration. I want to see you pumped up. I want to see your faith built up. I want to see you go out there and live life to the fullest, just as God would have you to. The topic, was Jesus a refugee? Are you familiar with what I'm talking about here? Uh, This has to do with a $100 million budget with television ads ready to roll for the upcoming Super Bowl. It's the He Gets Us campaign. And they're introducing a Jesus to America that is, well, um, relevant, that's for sure. These ads are expertly produced. They're very compelling They contend, among other things, that Jesus was bullied and Jesus was judged, and they state that Jesus was an immigrant, and they contend that Jesus was even a refugee. And while these things might, underline the word might, be inferred from Scripture, the He Gets Us campaign has employed very slick Madison Avenue marketing techniques to present us with a greatly nuanced Jesus that I'm guessing they hope will be relevant to a certain sector of the American public. Uh, The people behind the He Gets Us campaign are mysterious. Uh, Their donors are anonymous for all intents and purposes. I'm hoping that they have the best of intentions, but there's a side to me that's very skeptical here. It's almost as if they're producing a Jesus that, that was the greatest man ever, but not God. We'll talk more about being bullied and judged and having immigrant refugee status in just a moment, but I would like to point out that there's nothing in the Bible that would lead us to be concerned with relevance. Too often Christians who are trying to be relevant to non-believers are attempting to be liked, or they're embarrassed by the actions and statements of certain other Christians, like conservative political activists or pro-lifers, or those who call out sexual sin— and others who believe there is a literal great white seat of judgment for non-believers. It's it's as if they want to distance themselves from those Christians who are are too judgmental or are too opinionated or are too harsh, and they want to be relevant. I saw a wonderful, well, I didn't see it. I listened to it. It was a wonderful sermon by Billy Graham. I think this was from the 1960s, and he was speaking to a convention of Baptist denominations. So the leaders of all these Baptist denominations were there, and Billy Graham was their guest speaker, and he was giving them a very passionate message, as as he always would do. But in this particular case, he was saying, you don't have to be relevant to share the gospel. If you want to employ current events into your sermon, okay, that's one thing. If, if you want to uh, dress appropriately in terms of having a, a suit or, or a dress that's in style, that's fine. But trying to nuance the message of Jesus, trying to create an impression of Jesus that isn't aligned with Scripture just to reach more people, throwing out portions of the Bible because they're too, they're too in your face— It's not going to fly. That's what 
Billy Graham was trying to tell all these pastors. And I think he did an excellent job. And I think that's what I'm trying to say right now as well. Too often, we, we try to be relevant. We want to be liked. We're embarrassed by the actions of others. So we just go in a particular direction. And we don't talk about certain parts of Scripture that may be offensive to some. Listen, overall, the Bible is offensive in that the Bible says, no, you can't do it your way. If you want to get to heaven, you can't do it your way. You can't. What does Jesus himself say in Mark? I believe it's Mark 16, 16, or maybe it's Mark 10, 10. In either case, he says, believe and be baptized and you will be saved. Believe and be baptized and you will be saved. Now, of course, as you know, I'm a, a Jewish, I'm a Messianic Jew, a Jewish guy who believes that Jesus is Lord. Uh, I'm not sure if you're aware of this or not, but in Orthodox Jewish, Jewish circles, people are baptized. People have always been baptized. You go to the great synagogues of our land or all over the world, there's a baptismal. You might be surprised to know that. What is it used for? It's you when a person wants to make a big change in their life. Maybe they've been an alcoholic and they've given it up. They get baptized. It's their way of saying, I am cleaning up my act. I'm making a change in my life. I want to be a new person. And they get baptized. That's what Jesus is saying. Believe and become a new person. And we do it, of course, through the symbolic display of baptism, a public baptism where you go under the water as if you've died to self and come out the new person. Hey, listen, that's offensive. People, by and large, don't want to do it that way. And they don't certainly want to hear that they're going to be condemned if they don't. The Bible can be very offensive. But does that mean that we have to be relevant? That's the question I'm bringing forward. Relevancy has produced too many church congregations, especially these days, that steer so clear of the moral issues of the day that it would appear they're tolerant of everything. Many of these same churches are quick to ask newbies to say yes to Jesus, but incapable of quoting Jesus' explanation of what one is actually saying yes to. And again, that goes back to Mark 16, 16. The one who has believed and has been baptized will be saved, but the one who has not believed will be condemned. Whew. Friends, that's rough stuff. You know, the truth is, followers of Jesus are told that being a Christian is hardly like winning a popularity contest. In fact, Jesus warns, and you will be hated by all because of my name. That's in Matthew 10, 22. And Jesus even goes further a couple chapters later by saying this, they will hand you over to tribulation and they will kill you and you will be hated by all nations because of my name. It's really something to behold when Jesus says this not just once but twice. He's trying to get something across to us. If you want to be a Christian, that's the greatest thing ever. But it's not like winning a popularity contest because the world in which we live is opposed to the word of Jesus, is opposed to his death his burial, his resurrection, and the fact that he sits now at the right hand of the Father and, and is coming back to judge the world. In an interview with the Catholic News Service, He Gets Us spokesman Jason Vandergrown said he and his team found 
that while many people remain unconvinced about the benefits of Christianity, they still like Jesus. Now, I'm a little troubled right there because the benefits of Christianity, does that mean you can just live a little better life by following some of the precepts of Christ? What does that mean, benefits of Christianity? When I think about the benefits of Christianity, I'm thinking first and foremost, ta-da, eternal life. But continuing, he says, they still like Jesus. So they're unconvinced about the benefits of Christianity, but they still like Jesus. Vandergrout is hoping these ads that you're going to be seeing big time, especially in the run-up to the Super Bowl and during the Super Bowl, can reflect, reflect the relevance of what Jesus said and how he lived for modern viewers. I'm reading right from the Catholic News Service. Here's a quote from Vandergrout. Quote, The skeptic told us there are three things they see within the church and Christianity. One is judgmentalism. Well, you know, quite frankly, they better see that. This is completely unplanned, but let me go to my desktop and pull out a Bible study that I just concluded today. It's for a Bible study that I run every Saturday. It's with guys from all over the world. We do it on Zoom. And as I was putting together this study, I became more and more convicted about my own life. Because the Bible, the words of Paul, the Apostle Paul in Ephesians chapter 5, were judging me. And that's a good thing. This is the portion. Uh, Paul talks about, well, let me see. He says, therefore, be imitators of God as beloved children and walk in love just as Christ also loved you and gave himself up for us as an offering and a sacrifice to God as a fragrant aroma. Okay, all that's good. Then he goes on to say this, but sexual immorality or any impurity or greed must not even be mentioned among you as is proper among saints. And there must be no filthiness or foolish talk or vulgar joking, which are not fitting, but rather giving of thanks. For you know this with certainty, that no sexually immoral or impure or greedy person, which amounts to an idolater, has an inheritance in the kingdom of Christ and God. I was reading that and putting together this study, and the more that I continued to put down on paper for my guys this Saturday, the more I became convicted. Why? Because my flesh is opposed to Jesus. The Bible is offensive. It is judgmental. But I take that as a positive thing because I want to be a new man. I want the old self to have died and the new man to live on for an abundant life both here on earth and in eternity. And therefore, I say what David said in Psalm 138, I will give thanks with all my heart. And I will do what Paul said in Ephesians. I will be filled with the Spirit, and I will speak to one another, um, my brothers and sisters, in psalms and hymns and spiritual songs, singing and making melody with my heart to the Lord, always giving thanks for all the things in the name of our Lord Jesus Christ, to our God, the Fa to our God and Father. So again, yes, my flesh is rubbed the wrong way by the gospel. But my spirit, my spirit says, yes. I want this. I need this. I want life abundant in this lifetime and life eternal in the life to come. But do we have to make Jesus relevant in order to get people to that place? So getting back to what the He Gets Us spokesperson Jason Vanderground said to the Catholic News, nurse, news Service. He said, the skeptic told us there are three things they see within the church and Christianity. One is judgmentalism. That's great because 
We don't have to judge. That's totally God's job to figure it out. I'll stop right there. But when we quote scripture that sounds judgmental, what are we supposed to do? At that moment, we are God's instrument. We are speaking his words. You just can't avoid it. There are going to be times when you appear judgmental. And then the other would be hypocrisy, he says. That we just say one thing but do another. That's human behavior. Well, it is. That's the flesh. We can be great hypocrites and my hand's up higher than any of yours right now. That happens. And then continuing with what uh, Vanderground has to say. And then third is the discrimination that Christianity has become known for being against women, against minorities, etc. And certainly God said, everybody is welcome to come to me. And I think that's how we're trying to reframe things. Well, Jesus did say, everyone come to me. But he did say, I can't speak to what he said about women or minorities. I, I don't know how Christianity is against those things. Maybe certain Christians have said asinine things regarding women or asinine things re- regarding minorities. I can't speak for them. All I can speak for is what I personally read in the Bible, and I see the Bible as the most empowering message possible for anyone who's oppressed. Because it brings life. Now, the Bible also requires a lot. It requires a lot from us. When we say yes to Jesus, we are faced with decisions. Are we going to go the distance? Or are we just going to go halfway? Amy Grant had a, a, a song years ago called Fat Baby. It was about the person who became a Christian and then they did nothing after that. They never read their Bible. They never did Bible studies. They never were involved in Bible uh, discipleship. They were just fat babies saved by grace. Well, if you want to get beyond being a fat baby, there's a responsibility. You have to dig into God's word. And then you have to respond to God's word. And you have to make decisions on how you want to live your life. Do you want to be a hypocrite? Okay, go right ahead. God will let you do that. But if you want to be the man or woman of God that God has called you to be, you got to dig in. So again, as far as Vanderground is concerned, I don't know what Christians he's talking about. I don't want to include myself in that bunch. And I don't want to make excuses for them by making the gospel, the Bible, the word of God, Jesus, relevant. Again, on the surface, everything Vanderground is saying sounds reasonable. But it would seem the rhetoric his campaign has chosen is dancing on a razor-thin edge of error or, or, or even apostasy. Let's talk about refugee. Merriam-Webster defines refugee as a person who flees to a foreign country or power to escape danger or persecution. Refugees are typically forced to leave their country or suffer dire consequences. Under that broad definition, it may seem that Jesus and his parents might have been refugees. However, the term refugee has taken on political status these days, as you know. Jesus was not a refugee in any sense, any meaningful sense to today's world. Jesus and his parents left Israel and moved to Egypt in order to escape King Herod's intention to kill him. Joseph and Mary had a plan. 
And they also, by the way, had support. Their trip was entirely self-funded due to the gifts that the Magi, the wise men, gave them. Their time in Egypt, by the way, Egypt was still within the Roman Empire, so this would be like traveling to a different state. It would be like going from California to, oh, in terms of distance, I'm not sure what it would be, probably to the Midwest. Okay, you're going from California to Missouri. <laughs> Do you see what I'm saying? It was still the Roman Empire. And their time in Egypt was short. And my guess is they were probably staying with, with, uh, in a Jewish community. That's just my guess. The family remained in Egypt until the death of Herod, at which time they returned home. Now, given all these facts, there is no parallel to today's indigent refugee who asks permission to enter a new country to avoid danger back home. I have friends who are refugees. I have friends in Europe who escaped radical Islam. If they would have stayed in their countries, their home countries, they would have been killed. They are refugees living now in Eastern Europe, safe. In the interest of truth, Jesus was not a refugee, either then or now. And by the way, this is not to say we should turn a cold shoulder to refugees. I'm not saying that at all. I'm sure you understand. As for being bullied and being judged, these two terms are also loaded. These days, bullied commonly describes actions and behavior aimed at attacking those of a particular sexual orientation and also members of certain ethnic or racial groups. That's bullied. Judged implies criticizing someone from a moral standpoint that is rooted in biblical righteousness. Now, certainly Jesus was viciously beaten and killed, and he was judged by a kangaroo court. But I think the language in the He Gets Us ads is clever rhetoric designed to attract eyeballs to their website. As my friends at gotquestions.com wrote, and by the way, that's a fantastic website. If you ever have any particular question about the Bible, type it in. They've answered about three quarters of a million questions at this point in time. Gotquestions.com. I use it all the time, not just for my Bible studies, but uh, for my most recent book that I'm writing. Here's what they say. There are many positive aspects to the He Gets Us campaign. Uncomfortable implications fit the pattern of Jesus' earthly ministry. The chosen topics are likely to challenge those inclined to dismiss or embrace stereotypical Christianity. Christ's own pattern for evangelism started with relationship and worked up to formal doctrine. However, however, the campaign itself doesn't anchor into specific beliefs or truths. There's a lot we don't know about the He Gets Us campaign. Very, very mysterious. I do know they have links to an excellent Bible study that I was once a teacher of. It's called Alpha. So they do link to Alpha. Um, and they also have links to local churches available, depending on where you are in the country. But again, slick Madison Avenue marketing techniques to make Jesus relevant? Question mark. Hidden headlines. Faith, family, freedom. I'm Brian Sussman. Please make sure you follow me at Instagram at 
Brian Sussman Show. May God bless your day.